Check the program. 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 Hello and welcome to Check the Program Bonus Edition. I'm Amanda Farrell Lowe. Just wanted to share with you my interview with local multimedia artist Colton Hash, the recent recipient of Pro Arts Witness Legacy Award for Social Purpose and Responsibility through art. I chatted with him in May 2019. Here is my interview with Colton Hash. Uh, my name is Colton Hash. And Colton, how would you describe your work to someone who has never encountered it before? I work, I use uh, digital media um, to create interactive landscapes or representations of natural systems that um, are easy to recognize what it's presenting, but also presented in an artistic way, um, prioritizing like visual aesthetics over like the accuracy of the information I'm trying to produce. Um, as these, my work uh, can be anything from a computer or like an online application that's using video game technology to an immersive space that you walk into and hear um, sounds from like an environment and see like large vi- visuals on a large projection. Could you describe one of your recent works? Yeah. Um, my recent work, Resident Disintegration, features a eight foot long metal sculpture of a baby killer whale. Um, this per, this uh, sculpture is suspended in a gallery space and surrounded by a projection of regional climate data that shows the next hundred years of um, temperature, precipitation, and ocean temperature for this whole region. And then with, inside this hollow metal sculpture is a speaker that's playing sounds of underwater noise recordings from freighters passing through the region and also has a contact mic which creates a feedback loop um, that like causes the whole sculpture to vibrate and emanate its own sound. And all this is set up in a large installation space that's interactive where viewers, the movement of viewers is tracked through the space. And also when people touch the sculpture or even speak near the sculpture, it picks up um, the sounds from the room and people's interactions with it. And then that can also trigger this um, vocalization of the sculpture. So this this is like a pretty complicated project technically, um, but ultimately is just curating a kind of meditative and emotionally driven space for people to reflect on um, specific things like the southern resident killer whales population is in, that's in decline, but also more generally um, climate change and our relation to like the ecosystems around us and especially our relationship to the ocean around us. Yeah, speaking of that, you just wrapped up a residency with Ocean Networks Canada. Um, tell me a bit about that. How did it go? Um, the uh, art residence, my art residency with Ocean Networks Canada was the first official art, artist in residence program they've done. So it was a little bit of a crash course in like figuring out what, um, figuring out expectations and things like that, which was also my first time doing an art residency. Um, but overall, it was really successful, and I felt, um, I felt like. Uh, Um, During the art residency, I had a lot of validation and support from scientists, staff, and education and outreach people there. Um, I did not expect people to be so receptive to the works I was making, and and I learned a lot about the potential of art in general to be able to connect different disciplines and art to be able to be something that can communicate um, scientific understandings at at a more, like, imaginative level. And... And also that um, scientific, like, 
or scientists and educators are looking for things that foster more of a creative understanding rather than a technical understanding of details, and that those kind of tools are more useful for people to learn about the basics of ecosystems and ecological processes than, uh, you know, like traditional science communication. Um, so it felt like a really good opportunity for my own personal development to explore with new mediums and to learn about, to continue learning about the ocean and um, to work with in a more collaborative environment. But also it felt like this really good opportunity to be experimenting with art on this precipice of, um, on this precipice of creation and like working with new media and new formats um, for, that have a lot of like potential and possibilities within the future. And there's a lot of interest in art and creative work um, to just communicate more like complex issues in general. Yeah, I mean, like, you had access to all this information. And, like, I work at a research center, too, in my day job. And, like, scientists are always struggling to find ways to communicate these ideas that are really important. Mm. Yeah, and uh, so I can, I can totally see why it would be really exciting. Yeah, yeah, and it was, um, like, I, I'd, when the works that I created were, basically my process was having conversations with scientists and researchers there about the things that Ocean Networks Canada is working on, their objectives, and also just kind of some of the general interests that individuals have. And then from those conversations, ideas would percolate in my head of things that interest me, things like how much plankton or how much carbon dioxide plankton absorb and how different processes of ocean, like within the ocean, how those are connected with climate and sequester or release carbon, like things like that, you know, just kind of intuitively are interesting, interesting to me. So then I'd work with that kind of data and learn more about that and then show a product to or show the thing I was working on to the people I originally talked to and get feedback and kind of have this iterative process. Um, but then pretty much right away, even when I was showing just really basic prototypes of the programs I was creating people were like pretty blown away I mean like we could use this right now as it is for education programs for like elementary students high school students university students or people within the community in general and that um and just being really excited about that because they're just basically um, showing creative mental models of how an environmental system works and with a basic model it's like once you have a, an imaginative model in your head of a system, you can then relate technical information to that much better. Whereas if you're trying to teach people f with like technical information for, if there's not an anchor for that, um, that it's like harder for people to hold on to it. And a creative, visual, and imaginative model is a really good anchor for people to then connect information to. Um, and that's like so exciting to me. And that was something that was completely unexpected. And um, yeah something that was reinforced throughout the, this program. Yeah, how does technology uh, factor into your work? Because you use it quite a lot in your artistic practice. Yeah, um, conceptually, I am, since I was a kid, I've always felt this divide between being really interested in computers and technology and things like, you know, making video games to then turning into interactive computer rendering for art. Um, but that feeling like this very distinctly different thing than my interest in um, forests and ecosystems and spending time in nature and thinking about how ecosystems function. And this was really contextualized for me in environmental studies classes here at UVic where there is this notion of 
com or complicated systems, which are like machines that you can understand by breaking it down into its component parts. And then there's complex systems that have that function by horizontal interactions and vertical interactions between different entities within the system. Um, but you can't understand it by just breaking it down into component parts. And yeah, and I understand that in my personal life a lot because I have like this interest in thinking about complex systems and have this knowledge of how to engage with complicated systems and I'd, like use art to try to connect those. Um, and I'm connecting it through technology and ultimately trying to talk about complex systems with our interactions with nature through computers and through like really mechanistic ways, which is like this massive contradiction. Um, and I'm just kind of like stumbling through that and playing and experimenting, but it feels like it's working and it always feels like I'm working towards an understanding and working towards being able to show those kinds of things in, um, in a way that makes sense to people. Yeah, I'd say obviously it's resonating with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, this last year has been amazing for, for me to get to directly coming out of my undergraduate and university getting... Um, getting some recognition from local arts communities, getting like a lot of like personal people talking about how much they appreciate works um, and just having more opportunities to talk to people that I would otherwise not talk to through the art I'm creating. And um, a lot of people really appreciating the like my intentions as an artist to try to make art that's um, relevant to contemporary issues. And also, I guess, just the way I'm doing it is people are really receptive to. Um, yeah, and that means a lot for me as like an artist. I think that's one of the most important things is to feel that I'm making art that's relevant to people's lives and also that the process I'm doing is connecting me to more people within my community. Yeah, congratulations on the Pro Art Award. That must have felt pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I re recently received this award for making art um, that engages with like social justice and, and responsibility. Um, and that was from ProArts, which is a community art advocate, advocacy organization for all the art disciplines. And I did not really realize how big of a deal that was until I was actually at this award ceremony. And being in, in like the Pacific Opera um, building and this being in the context of all the arts in the Victoria region. And to even hear that uh, it was like receiving this award alongside people like Lindsay Delaron who do like such amazing and impactful works um that was that was something that like really hit home for me that like what I'm doing is having an impact and it is working what role does uh social justice work play in your artistic practice um I've previously through art is uh I've kind of like separated my interests in community organizing and social justice and like climate justice work. I've separated that from my art practice to, um, because a lot of times I, I think about the kind of creative work that I make through organizing is somewhat like propaganda in that it's telling people how to think or like telling what information people should care about and presenting it from a very like clear one-sided perspective which I definitely don't think is bad. And I think you can make propaganda res respe responsibly um, in a way that's like not telling lies. Um, so I have this like pretty rich practice of making all these videos that are very, um, very like critical targeted things against specific industries such as LNG developments. And some of these projects I've like, 
through one of these projects um, rendering the impacts of a large-scale LNG terminal on Lilu Island that would have um, compromised this massive uh, salmon habitat. Um, I was like the only one of the only people to actually show a representation of what this facility would look like other than the animation company that um, that uh, like Patronus had hired. Um, sorry, that, that's a long thing. But basi basically through that work, I'm like realized the potential of visualization and animation to render potential futures and the power that that work has to empower um, like community led narratives and like frontline indigenous communities like have having like somebody to be able to use computer rendering processes to visualize what the future might look like is a really powerful thing um, in terms of social justice and that's been largely disembodied from my art practice just because while I was an art student I feel like if I wouldn't have been intentional about that I would have just kept making like activist projects for every single visual art project and it was a really good thing for me to be able to experiment and explore with like making art in a way that's not didactic that's not um, propagating information top down um, and then f instead that like art is still rooted in concerns about um, social justice and about climate change but it's just like presenting information in a way that's emotionally driven and um, that allows for more of an emergent bottom-up understanding and that also is trusting the concerns and the intuition and feelings that viewers have so that when they come into this space they can make their own connections which are much stronger than you know watching a video that's saying what you should think about at this time um, which are still important sometimes, but I don't think those connections are as long-lasting or as, or as deep. Yeah, but your work is still rooted in, yeah, concern for these issues and, yeah. Totally, yeah. Yeah, and another thing I really like about art is that um, I always think that pretty much every experience I've had and is somehow tying into the works I'm currently creating. And while I'm, like, working on stuff, whether it's programming or sculpting or carving or something like that, I'm just, like like processing and thinking about things in my mind and even if the work doesn't convey exactly what I th what I was thinking about I feel like when people look at it they would get a sense of the weight that the project might have and they might get a sense that you know this is from the like an emotional sense that you know this is a really like hard or really like thoughtful or kind of like messy thing that's like about mourning or something or might have an element of sadness to it or might have elements of hope to it or elements of beauty or elements of um yeah like you know like disturbing things about like industrialization things like that i feel like those things can kind of percolate subtly um but i definitely feel like all my experiences and all the conversations i've had with people in this community the things i've learned from like activist events and my experiences um getting to visit like frontline indigenous communities like the Unistaten camp um all those things that end up like are extremely important for me while i'm making work and i hope that some of that weight and some of the inspiration is felt when people are engaging with it so what's next um next i'm i'm trying to uh continue working on some of the previous projects i've been working on to be able to exhibit them in different spaces across the country I'm currently working on a couple of grants to apply to create some new works. Specifically, I want to um, work on some projects to visualize wildfires. Um, that's something that's just like intensely interesting to me. 
but I've also been thinking about uh, continuing to do grad school. Um, but ultimately, I wanted to find ways to continue making art in the way that I'm doing it and to continue staying rooted and accountable to the communities I'm a part of. Thanks, Colton. Anything else you want to share? Um, I guess, yeah, I think the, a lot of the things I think about, for, for whatever reason, I'm drawn to be thinking about um, things like climate change and ongoing industrialization and ongoing colonization and how those things are mixed together. And those are all really kind of like overwhelming and heavy topics. And I think I'm like kind of gifted with an ability to look at those things in different ways and then to take all that information and process it in creative ways through art. Um, but that's really like helped me to understand the importance of creativity and imagination and the and importance of having a sense of play when engaging with the complex issues of like our present and of the future. And I, something I like, hope that art can do when people are engaging with, is um, to have to be like to leave a space with a bit of inspiration for themselves to be able to engage with their own processes of of creativity and imagination, and then collectively as a culture that we can start to build more collaborative sense of creativity and imagination because we like really need to c come up with some out of the box creative solutions to the problems we're facing. But I think that like humans um, and our communities have a lot of potential and a lot of um, capacity to be like coming up with creative solutions and in different ways um, that we haven't done before. And um, and that's really exciting. And I I think that's that's another really important role of art is that I think I think a lot of times when people see art, they're they're somewhat like, oh, this is a, such an amazing painting or this is such an amazing like song, I could never do that for myself. And that even happens in like middle school or like elementary school. People are like, I'm not an artist because I can't draw as well as this person. And I think that that's kind of something that artists should be accountable to, that they're not reproducing that. And instead more trying to uphold more of a sense that everyone has the potential to engage with their own creative senses. And that can look like anything. And it doesn't have to look like being good at painting. Um, and even just how we relate to each other, even how we're like gardening or relating to a, the earth around us, or just how we're relating to ourselves can also be like creative and art practices. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's that's something that I think art communities in general seem like we need to be thinking a lot more intentionally about is how we're like inspiring the communities we're a part of to engage with their own senses of creativity. Thanks, Colton. Thanks, Colton, for taking the time to sit and chat with me. Uh, if you'd like to check out some of Colton's work, his website is coltonhash.com. Uh, thanks for listening. If you'd like to reach us, you can email us, check the program yyj at gmail.com, or we're on social media at check the program. Until next time, I'm Amanda Farrell Lowe, and don't forget to check the program. The greatest show. The greatest show you know. The program. Check the program. Check the program. It's called Check the Program. Check the program. Yeah. Check the program. The greatest show that you know. The program.